Hi everyone, I'm Tim Muma. We have a couple special guests with us in the studio today as we get a start on our Marcus Center features. That's for the Live at Peck Pavilion series. Uh, joining me from the Florentine Opera, we have the Director of Marketing and Communication, Rick Clark. Rick, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. We also have Danielle Chaviano. She's the Marketing and Development Associate over there. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Well, I do want to start off, we were talking a little bit before the show started here, just to learn a little bit about the Florentine Opera Company in general. Uh, people may have heard of you, but not really understand what it's all about. Give us a, a synopsis. What are you about? What makes you stand out? What would you tell the listeners? Well, for, uh, I would say for an 82-year-old organization, um, we're sort of on the forefront of engaging our community and trying to bring this art form to everyone in Milwaukee in a very inviting way. So we recently, uh, just a couple of years ago, completed a two-stage move to River West. We have a campus up there. Years ago in 2009, we developed at the Opera Center out there, a place for rehearsals, a place where we could build operas and make more uh, new productions of existing works and new works that haven't been seen by folks before. And we moved our administrative offices out there in 2012, marrying those two places. Now, from a PR standpoint, for me, I've got to bring, you know, press people to a rehearsal to see mm -hmm. this great art form being produced. I started an office next door. I walked them through a beautiful green courtyard in the middle <laughs> of River West with the smell of roasting coffee nice. in the air and uh, within walkable distance of three lunch spots that are prime in this town to see artists from all over the world and then chorus members from all over the region and and great directors and and everybody all in one place making this beautiful art form and i think one of the things that being in river west has done for us is it's brought opera to the forefront of sort of uh, a bohemian community hmm. so we're down at collectivo doing concerts sure. lakefront down in Bayview, but also in Humboldt. And uh, we have a, a following of folks. We've put on some like uh, street alley movies, open up the big barn doors at the opera center and play a movie that has opera on the soundtrack while people enjoy beer and brats. Hmm. So you learn that this art form, this um, 500-year-old perfection of a vocal performance where people just learned to use great refinement in their voice to project before the days of amplification is really just, it, it's a, a common art form of the people originated in Italy. And now we're in the common place of the people in the city of Milwaukee, bringing what, you know, has a, a stigma attached to it as right. being like this, this refined cultural art that people can't understand, but putting it on in the most unassuming ways. Some of our films start out with Rabbit of Seville from Warner Brothers. So you get to see Bugs Bunny in opera. We do the, the films in River West. We do these concerts, mm -hmm. which brings us forward to Peck Pavilion bringing like interesting and beautiful romantic tunes to a stage. And thanks to the sponsorship from Milwaukee Jobs, people are able to come out right in the middle of the day and, you know, beautiful open air pavilion and, and hear this great art form and enjoy it as an experiment. You sure. haven't seen it before. You haven't tried it before. Here we are bringing it out in yet another way. And, uh, and luckily, one of the other engagements we've done is since uh, Danielle Chaviano has come on board, we've kind of amped up our social media, popped out a mobile app that has all the details of these things on there. Some places we go, there are sing-alongs. You pop your mobile app up and it's like, follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> you can sing right along in English or Italian. Sure. So, uh, and I think Daniel could probably explain a little bit more on how we've taken on social media and kind of tried to get the word out to people locally and nationally. Well, and you did mention there, uh, Rick, the idea of sort of giving people a different impression of what opera is or can be or just the arts in general. And I think that is a good place to go, Danielle, as far as trying to connect people, make it more modern uh, and, and kind of have that stickiness. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, I think what these concerts do is they're free to the public and they're made accessibly 
So there's kind of like Rick touched on, there's this like no strings attached approach where if you haven't experienced opera before and you want to give it a try, this would be the perfect opportunity to do so mm-hmm. in a free and open environment where you can really appreciate the art form and and then maybe get a little deeper into it after that and sure. go to productions and what have you. As far as our social media approach, we're really trying to engage our followers on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram, and each have their own set of followers and demographics. And we really have tried to utilize those in various ways to engage not only the our followers, but also the the people that are uh, like hosting these events, like uh, the Marcus Center. Sure. So in various ways. One of the fun things that we did recently that caught some news media, Danielle is also an accomplished videographer and photographer. And you never know when you're going to need an accomplished videographer or photographer on hand. I mean, you think you're going out to the United Performing Arts bike race and you're going to dress up a pedal tavern and play some opera so that everybody mm-hmm. riding their bikes can get a sampling of of what UPATH funds, this this great art form that we bring to students and kids in schools across you know, this whole region or in performances out in parks and things like that. So, you know, we, we gear up our pedal tavern and uh, a, a gentleman named Joe rides up on a bicycle and tells us that, you know, a bunch of baby ducks just fell into the sewer and we should help them get the grade <laughs> off to get them out. I don't know if you saw that article in the journal. I, I did not catch that one, sorry. Uh, well, lucky for us, we had a great social media person on board and we ended up on the national Google front page oh, with wow. Minnesota Public Radio, Toronto Daily News, and the Wednesday Above the Fold Journal Sentinel with photos <laughs> taken by Danielle. So we, we run down, we, we hear the quacking coming out of the sewer, we see this mama duck running in circles. And, and in all of 11 minutes, we rip the top off the sewer, realize they're eight and a half feet down. I'm a rock climber, two of my friends are climbers, and we just lower each other into the sewer upside down to pull these little ducklings out. And to us, it's not a big deal. It's just, you. there's little fuzzy guys that need to come out of the sewer, and we did it. <laughs> and we got on our bike ride, and we brought opera to the people. And then the media got a hold of it right. and uh, and put it everywhere. And it was a cute human interest story. It involved the city, involved an arts group, it involved a charity bike ride, it involved people getting together and doing something good for little animals in the city. But for me, it was a platform for people to realize that here are people from different walks of life. An MIT engineering grad who works for Nordco um, designing railroad equipment a UWM marketing student, mm-hmm. a theater management graduate who's a videographer and a photographer, a jewelry and watchmaker, you know, the director of the company, the marketing director of the company, a, a transplant from New York. And what do we all have in common? We love opera, we love the arts, and we're going for a bike ride to raise some money for it. And what do we all do? We band together to help some ducks out <laughs> and end up on the front of the newspaper. But it's, it, you know, it, it it's people that love the arts and some interesting thing happened. And next thing you know, everybody in Milwaukee, 30,000 readers hear about us. Mm -hmm. And it feeds into our social media, our Estabrook Beer Garden performance. We see more people. People tease us about these ducks all the time and make little jokes and stuff. But for us, it's really just being out in the community as much as possible. And uh, I think that, uh, and on the other hand, it's also having a a great uh, development marketing associate who knows how to uh, put that in enough places that it gets seen. Sure. He's too kind, but um, basically it's um, you're basically capturing the story in an image or in uh, in a video Mm -hmm. and you're telling the story 
you know, a, a photo speaks a thousand words. A great editorial image, though. I mean, like, <laughs> if, if I should, I think I'll pull it up on my pad eventually. Maybe you can. I mean, now that yeah. you were talking about it, I do yeah. recall seeing snippets of it. I didn't. Re- yeah. My question is, then, do you start to develop some sort of, uh, you know, opera around the rescue and uh, get <laughs> well, some baby ducks in I, there? And... <laughs> there is a children's opera that's seen by over twenty thousand uh, kids in schools and community centers all season long, and there is um, a character in it that I believe is a goose. And I wonder if that goose might become a duck. I don't know. <laughs> I do know that um, that we've been looking at integrating little branding elements that tie to our little duckling friends, our little three-inch fuzzy buddies, who, I don't know, we're months later now. Those ducks are probably, uh, you know, a sizable, full grown. Yeah, <laughs> but but they're out there still. So, but I think know. that I think that yeah. is cool. Just that you were able to take that situation, and 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 no way are you taking advantage of it. But you are, as you said, you're getting it out there. You're you're expressing the community. This is who we are. This is what we do. Uh, and I think that does separate you a little bit from what people would think of when they hear opera. I I do yeah. think there is a little bit of that stigma, like you mentioned earlier, that. And it's kind of stuffy. It's kind of, uh, you know, some people think it's elitist to a mm-hmm. point, um, but it definitely sounds like that's not the direction you guys want to go. And I think that's really Absolutely. cool to hear about. I was going to ask a little bit about the performers just in general, because we get questions about that all the time as far as, you know, where do they come from? Are these are these full-time employees? Are they part-time? Are they doing mm-hmm. other things? I mean, how does that all work? How do you bring that all together as far as the talent goes? Well, uh, for summer performances, we have a, a really great reach with our Florentine Opera Chorus and singers that have worked with us and incoming and outgoing studio artists. So the chorus is the um, a large number of singers um, in the four vocal ranges that sort of back up and build the great sound world of opera mm-hmm. um, on stage for those principles that come up. And then the studio artists that come in each year are uh, four artists, a... Um, soprano, a mezzo, a tenor, and a baritone that actually are um, living in a house that's on our our, uh, our little campus up in River West. As two of our donors bought a really beautiful home, cool. furnished it for this artist residence. We bring them in for 10 months. They sing in um, all of the operas and mm. all of our events. But during the summer period, they're off contract. So it's a blend of we have three or four quartets that rotate around in okay. our summer performances. They do rehearsals. They're rehearsing even as we speak up at the Opera Center in River West for this Peck Pavilion performance. And it's based on um, their intensive training. So they have specific uh, vocal specialties. So when we cast them, they get together with the chorus master and the director, talk about which pieces they all have in their rep, what they need to learn, and how they master those and make them beautiful for people to hear. And they they specifically cast these quartets for, you know, like the beer garden ones have uh, some drinking songs and some German songs and some French art song. <laughs> you get down to Peck Pavilion uh, for, for this great uh, concert and it'll be some romance songs and some songs from the upcoming season. Just the best of the best sure. uh, sung by highly skilled singers that um, that work with the Florentine. And it's very important to us and, and exceptionally important to our general director, Bill Florescu, to bring the absolute best quality of vocal performance in the operatic style so that the Milwaukee audience can hear this great quality level performance for free in the middle of their day right downtown at the Peck Pavilion. Well, we talked a little bit, you brought up obviously the live at the Peck Pavilion uh, with the lunch performances. Mm -hmm. Um, Danielle, why was that an important thing that the Florentine Opera wanted to be a part of uh, what was kind of the the idea behind it, and uh, you know, Rick touched on it a little bit. What are we looking at as far as the performances go? Well, I mean, it's it's important that we get we get the Florentine out there to to folks to experience opera in um, a free and accessible way mm-hmm. and um, a casual environment, but and and breaking that stereotype that we touched on earlier, mm-hmm. that opera is not just about 
stuffy, elitist attitudes, we can also have casual f- and, and a fun, engaging environment. Right. Yeah. And I think that you know, Paul Matthews at the Marcus Center and the team over there and Bill Florescu at the Florentine, they've been working together for years you know, to try to f- create accessible ways for people to see things. And I think in the middle of the summer, that beautiful Peck Pavilion, Riverview, big courtyard garden, it's much better than just trying to step off the street and out of nature in the most beautiful time of the year when people want to be outside right. and say, let's go sit in a theater mm-hmm. and, and watch somebody on stage. I know I'd rather be outside. Right. I think um, all the people that gather in Red Arrow Park and uh, Paramarquette Park and places like that for their lunches during the summer would probably rather do it with some great vocal performance and live music. You know, For us, it's uh, more of promoting that concept. And I think for Paul Matthews and Bill Florescu, it's, it's they they think long and hard about how to engage folks. I think they're also actually in the midst of the final stages of renovating Vogel Hall for performances during the wintertime. I believe um, the architecture firm said it's sort of a mid, like a mid-century madman dress-up kind of <laughs> nice. chic lounge uh, right. as you come in. And then it's the the red uh, velour-vibed um, you know, classic theater inside with great sound. <laughs> I know that they're they're always looking for ways to create a great environment that that seasonally addresses a comfortable place, and I think that Peck Pavilion setting is a great place to have your lunch and hear great music. Sure, you touched on it. You mentioned environment there, and you were talking before the show a little bit how uh, just the Florentine in general, if you're looking at the culture and you're looking at the people that are brought in, and sort of from that employer job seeker point of view, because of course we always touch on that topic here on our shows. How would you describe what it's like over there, what people are looking for, what the culture is like in terms of and not just the performers, but the entire organization as a whole, um, really just describing that for people who don't really know anything about it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, turn a piece of this over to Danielle, but I want to tell you that from a performer standpoint, because I work in PR and I see all these singers that come in from all over the world, and many of them are a singer at, a, at an income level that we wouldn't even be able to touch. But our general director has been in the industry in a number of opera companies for years, producing and singing and directing. And uh, he has a great knack for making people feel really comfortable in Milwaukee. So these singers that sing for the, the greatest companies in the world will come mm-hmm. back here every time and sing with us because they love not just the Florentine, but the reception they get from Milwaukee in general. And, and being a part of that, we love to um, engage folks in a way where you know, they're, we're walking through a green courtyard to rehearse in a reclaimed 1905 warehouse that's been outfitted to, to create opera. You know, the boss is next door in his office and can walk over and, and regularly attends mm-hmm. everything that goes on. We host our family day performances for kids there to bring people from the community out to see that studio artist program produce a great storybook opera in English. And uh, we do everything in, in a way that, that is an exchange with the community. So right. we're out there in River West. We're bringing River West vendors in to, to you know, cater and, and, and bartend events and things like that. We have local artists in our chorus. But uh, one of the things I realized when our friends in Milwaukee Film came over, we're doing a little partnership with them, is they started describing our employment work culture. We have a very fun environment. Like Danielle has, uh, she works for two bosses, myself and our development director. Eric will incorporate melodies from the operas <laughs> in his day-to-day things. So he'll be like whistling or humming his right. way through something on the way through, catchphrases that, that um, are moral lessons for children sung in operatic voice. <laughs> You'll hear this come out. And he's a violin player. He's not a singer. He just, it's, and it's even more funny since he can't really sing. 
but uh, it, does he know you feel that way about him by the way he does okay we're, all right good because this is all you know this is all official all, now it's it, on yeah. the record okay oh no that's the thing we have a really such a great engaging and open open concept physically uh with uh with our desks all being out in sort of one larger bullpen mm-hmm. surrounding a conference room but also the work culture socially it's very open too we get involved in each other's activities and communications and i'm sure daniel can speak a little bit more than that Right. So just to touch on my role briefly, like Rick said, I work for for two managers, but really sometimes in the nonprofit world, marketing and development can feel worlds apart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at the Florentine, it's quite the opposite. I feel like the marketing department and development department work together very well together for creating the and implementing the the vision of of the company and I'm so glad I'm able to be in the middle bridging that great relationship between the two departments but then overall to the dynamic in the work our work environment is very fun and engaging and very uh, we have a lot of great people that mm-hmm. work with our in the staff and creative thinkers and really looking forward into the future and catapulting our vision and mission statement into the community. Bill Florescu is a is a great visionary and inspiring leader for our organization. And uh, Rick as well and, and, and Eric, they are great. And we have a, a full staff of emerging leaders in this community and engaged engaged in this community as well. Well, and I think it's really cool to hear um, just the way both of you talk about the organization and, and the passion that you have for the opera, for the arts, for each other, really, when you're talking about the culture and environment. So I think people listening might be a little bit surprised, fair or unfair, but hopefully that does sort of break down that little barrier there that we talked about that you guys have both Absolutely. touched on a little bit. We are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor here. Anywhere you want to go with it in terms of you know, what you, people could expect for the future of the Florentine uh, or anything else that you would want to mention that we haven't touched on today. Sure. Well, I, I think the, the overarching theme with the Florentine is that we keep it fun. We keep it fun in the office. Like people are having a good time. Ideas come from, there's no rank of where your concepts come from. People, everybody has a voice, everybody has a concept and it can soar all the way to the top and, and gain legs and travel. And in performance, we try to keep everything fun. You know, we have our little follow the bouncing ball, uh, mobile app, uh, digital libretti. And uh, we, you know, we keep social media up so people can be informed. We get a thousand people out at uh, Estabrook Beer Garden. And I think that's a, I think keeping it fun and keeping it interesting, but at the same time, honing that great world-class product, mm-hmm. you know, we're on our, uh, we've just in the last couple of months, wrapped up a re- a, um, the final edits on a recording that happened for a, uh, a never-before-recorded opera by an American composer, an NEA honoree, and we're crossing our fingers hoping for our fourth Grammy Award um, next year. So, I mean, here, right here in Milwaukee, right across the street from the studio, mm-hmm. right next to Peck Pavilion is where three Grammy Award uh, recording, so two recordings, three Grammy Awards were made right here in this city. We went to the Grammy Awards right next to Adele and Bon Iver. And uh, we'll be back hopefully next year, you know, in LA, looking at a potential, another Grammy award for our fun-loving community-based opera company. Um, But, you know, just the same professional and high quality. Sure. Well, I appreciate you both coming in. Uh, As I said, very interesting stuff. Uh, A lot of it, I'm sure, like those listening, um, a little surprising, but I think it's really cool to hear, especially the community aspect and uh, who doesn't like to have some fun. Rick, Danielle, thank you very much for coming and sharing with us today. It's great having us here. We really appreciate your hospitality. 
That was Rick Clark and Danielle Chaviano from the Florentine Opera. Happy to have them come in, talk a little bit about the performance that you'll see at the Live at Peck Pavilion series presented by MilwaukeeJobs.com. Florentine Opera is going to be over there at the Marcus Center here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, please send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thanks once again for listening. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.